the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. next few minutes, I want to share with you something that God has put in my heart, simply entitled Health Alert. Matthew chapter 5. Appreciate the worship team and their ministry this morning. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. What God's going to share with us today is not something that everybody in this room can hear. I'll just be honest with you. I I know that one of the greatest challenges any minister of the gospel, whether they minister in song or they minister through teaching or minister the word, is, is they got to make sure they have their heart in the right place. There's a temptation, there's a part of human nature that wants people to like you and and for that reason, you will perform. But, but if your, your heart is right with God, whether people like it or not is irrelevant. Okay? And at the end of the day, it's, have you been obedient to what God has put in your heart to do? That's, that's the only thing that really matters. And we're living in a time when that, that isn't the, the judgment mark of ministry. The judgment mark of ministry is, how popular are you? And we, we pick up this story in Matthew chapter 5. And if you take a few minutes and go back and read Matthew chapter 4, a, a unique thing has happened. It, it ends Matthew chapter 4. And understand when this was written, it was divided up in chapters. You know, we think there's an ending of chapter 4, so that's done. And now we're moving on to chapter 5. In, in reality, this is just one continuous stream of story. And what happened at the end of Matthew 4 happened immediately before Matthew 5. We just have divided it up so that when the preacher gets up on Sunday and says, turn to Matthew 5, you can find where he's at in the story. And and we we pick up Matthew 5 because the Bible says in Matthew 4 that Jesus has been traveling around to all these cities and everywhere he goes, he's been healing people and delivering people and he's been speaking good things to them. And The Bible says that there was a great multitude following him from all of these cities. He was an incredible entourage of people that were just flooding him. And and the Bible then, we pick up the story in Matthew 5 and 1, and it says that Jesus, seeing the multitudes, went up on a mountain. He looked at all of the people that were following him, multitudes, so many of you, they didn't even bother to count. They didn't even hazard a guess. They didn't suggest it might have been five or 10 or 20,000. They said, who can count? It's multitudes. And all of these people are following him and he leaves them behind and he pulls himself away from all of those people. And he goes to a mountain and he sits down and his disciples then come to him. And so here's what we have to get out of this story. That that Jesus understands there are some people who follow him for what he does for them. But there are some people who are trusted with the real riches. And those are the people that are his disciples. They, they don't follow him just because of what he gives them. They follow him because of who he is. And so it says, and seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, it's important you understand why it says he opened his mouth and taught them. That's a, 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 a form of language that says more than, I mean, obviously, if he's going to teach them, he has to open his mouth. See, it doesn't work. What he's literally saying is they understand that what comes out your mouth is what was in your heart. So he's saying here 
that he's sharing his heart with them. Are you with me? And I don't mind to tell you, that's, that's, that should be our sole desire, is to know his heart. He opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Would you pray with me and for me this morning, Father? I thank you that your, your word is always true. But it's more than just word. It is spirit and it's life. And God, you sent your word not to entertain us or appease us. You sent your word to change us and to fill us and to empower us. And this morning, God, I stand on this truth that your word will not return void. It will accomplish that which you have sent it to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Most of you know that we have a daycare here in the, the church, and it, for whatever reasons it was started, it, we have, in the last few years that my wife and I have been here, we have redirected the focus from whatever it was in the past to being a ministry. And that, that has not been an easy task, but, but we, we are, have made huge progress on that, and and uh, with, with Trisha's leadership, I, I don't mind telling you that we have one of the finest daycares in this city. Hands down. The, the, the people that work in our daycare center uh, are miracle workers. It's just incredible the impact that they have on the lives of the children who come here. And, um, and I, I thank God for that. I thank God for people who care about what they do and, and they see their coming to here is, is not babysitting. It's ministry to them. And, and it's impacting lives. We have a, a number of families whose, whose religious belief, if you will, is diametrically opposed to what we believe here. They, they show up to pick up or drop off their kids in their garb. Now, that's as far as I'm, I need to go. And, but if you ask them why they bring their kids to a place that doesn't have the same religious beliefs, they have no problem telling you because even though we don't agree with you, you are good people. That's a good statement. That's a good statement. And um, uh, our, our, the people that work in this, the daycare here at the church, and it, it has grown into one of the larger daycares in our city. And in fact, it, we are now 30% higher in attendance than we were last year at this time, in spite of the fact that other daycare has opened up in town. Okay, and so it's, it's a sign that the, the people that work here just do an incredible job. But one of the things you have to do as a daycare is every once in a while, a kid will come in sick. Now, if it's just a, a, a little sickness, you know, you, you take their temperature, you, and, 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 and if certain conditions are met, you send the kid home. But there, there are also times when when if certain diseases come in, head lice, and it's found in the child, we, we are required by law to notify the parents, hey, may want to check your kid, okay? If, because trust me, it doesn't take long for something inside of a daycare to spread, okay? We'll just leave it at that. It goes quickly, okay? And so, so we, we, we notify parents should that ever happen, and thankfully that rarely ever happens here, but... But on the odd chance that if a child were to show up with a, or were diagnosed by a doctor with a, a very communicable disease, I'm not talking about colds or flus, but I'm talking about something more serious, then we, we have to send out a health alert so that the other parents can observe their children or, or to take precautionary measures. This morning, I feel like the Lord has put on my, my heart a health alert for the body of Christ. And, and, and it applies to us here at Encounter. 
because there, there's a sickness that has invaded the body of Christ. We talked last week about how that Satan is the father of all lies. And we focused on the, the, the father aspect, and the father is, is the one who plants the seed that joins with the egg from the mother, and that, that becomes something alive then. And, and how that Satan's role in deception is to plant the seed. He's the accuser of the brethren. He will go about planting seeds. What did she mean by that? What did she say? What did, why did he do that? What does that mean? He, he does that to husbands and wives about their spouses. He, he does that to church people about their pastor, a pastor about their church people. Sometimes church people can be scary. You think preachers are scary, and they are. Sometimes church people are scary. And the enemy goes around planting seeds, but then we're the ones that take that seed into our heart, and, and because we don't hide the word of God into our heart, we, we allow that seed to germinate and grow, and, and it creates something. It creates something where there was nothing. It creates problems where there were no problems. There's an affection in the body of Christ today that I, I need to warn you about. I need to remind you of the danger of that. It's an infection that, that will cause you to run a slight temperature. You, you won't be cold or hot. You'll be lukewarm. And in, in, the, in the body of Christ, it's the opposite in the world. In the daycare, if the child has a temperature over a, a certain amount and then we have to notify the parents. And if it's over a higher amount, then we have to send the child home. And in the body of Christ, when you're sick, you don't run a high temperature. You run a low temperature or no temperature. You actually get cold. There's a disease today that's making people in the body of Christ to be lukewarm. And there's a danger in living a life for God lukewarm. There's a danger in living a life for God when you're cold. Even Jesus, when he talked about the days that you and I live in, you and I, a generation, are who are likely, more likely than anybody before us, to see the coming of the Lord. Jesus made this statement. He said, pray that your flight be not in winter. He wasn't talking about the seasons of December and January and February. He wasn't talking about the seasons of nature. He was talking about the seasons of your heart. Pray that, that when these things come on the earth and, and he begins to prepare to call his bride out, be, be ready and careful to make sure that there's not winter going on in your heart where you're cold. Where you're cold against God. As the people of God, we should be known for our fire. We should be known for our passion. We should be known for our fervency. But there's a disease that is affecting the body of Christ that tells you and I it's okay to be lukewarm. It's okay to just have enough of God that the most religious thing we do all week is to drag ourselves to church as if we're doing some God some kind of a favor. I grew up in a very religious home and, and we fulfilled our religious duties by going through our rosary beads. And man, did I get fast. You know, when you're, when you're 12 years old and there's playing to do outside, I can fly through the Hail Marys, man. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. I can hear kids playing outside, but I got to get through these beats. I got to get them done. And sometimes, in a moment of confession, my finger would slip. And well, well, I don't have to do that one. Thank you, God. And I just quick, I'd slip and I'd, oh, all right. I don't have to pay that meal. And I thought if I went to my, 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 my confessional once a month, 
my brothers and I, we, we, we're a little bit ornery. Okay, I just lied. We're really, really ornery. Okay, and, 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 and it got later on life when, when the confessional, how many know what a confessional is? You go in the booth, you kneel down, you say, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been six weeks since my last confession. I have done this and this and this and this. And then when, they, when you're done, he, he prays a prayer over you, and then he gives you how many Hail Marys and how many are fathers. You have to go out in the, the building and pray before it's all fixed. Okay? And there was a time in my life when that was, you know, kind of genuine, but it later got to the point where we had a contest to see how many could scare the priest. We'd go in. What'd you tell him? I told him this and this and this and this. You're kidding. What'd he do? The crowning glory is if you were so bad when you went in and you left the confessional... Because the priest can't see you and you can't see him. You're looking through a cloth and you can see, you know, a, a faint outline of an image, but that's it. But the crowning glory was, was when you left the confessional, he'd open his door to see you. <laughs> that's like 10 at the Olympics, okay? He looked, he looked, he looked, it was me. But there's a de- disease of religion that, that wants to cause the body of Christ that you can live any old way out there. As long as you come to church, pay your tithes, work your way through a song or two, sit still during the message and leave. There's a disease that causes you to think that you can live like hell all week but still make it into heaven. Cloud your thinking. It makes you think there's a disconnect between the attitudes of your heart. And you forget that that, that your heart is the only thing that God looks at. You and I, mankind, looks on the outward. And it's easy to fool people. But God looks past all of that. Looks past all of that self-righteousness and all of that religious act. And He looks past all of that show and... The acting that you put on. I think it was this week I posted on Facebook. If you if you go to church or you have church or you do church, you're you're not the church, you're an actor. There's a disease in the body of Christ where where people become mere actors in some sordid sick play. Where there's a disconnect between their real attitude of heart and what they display to everybody else. This disease is making the rounds on the body of Christ and it's giving people a slight temperature. They, they think that they can act any old way at home. They, husbands think they can treat their wives like some kind of indentured servant. Treat their wives with uh, abuse and harsh words. And forget that she's a gift that God has given him. The Bible itself says that your husband, you as a husband, your prayers can be hindered by the way that you treat your wife. Okay, you can okay me or you can amen me. It doesn't matter. I'm going to preach it, folks, okay? It's the truth. It matters to God how you treat your wife. It matters to God how you treat your children. It matters to God. Wives who think it's okay because I've got him now. I've got the ring in the house and the car. I can manipulate him with my emotions. God's bothered by that. You don't do that. You don't play at this. It matters to God how you treat your wife. It matters to God how you treat your husband. We in the body of Christ ought to have awesome marriages. They're either awesome because they're awesome or they're awesome because we're working on them. And they're going to be awesome. Because it matters to God. You see, when, 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 when you and I leave this building, and it's not the church, and, and listen to me, I'm trying to change our language. This isn't the sanctuary. This is a room. It's the auditorium. This is the sanctuary. The Holy Spirit doesn't abide it. 
9267 State Route 43 in Streetsboro, Ohio. He abides right here. And he leaves. And, and where you go, you, you take him with you. And, and you, you force him to be a part of your sordid games if you don't understand the connection. Paul talking to, to men, he said, you, 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 you are the temple of the living God and you would hook up with a, with a prostitute, with a hooker? You drag the Holy Ghost through that? This may sound old school, but listen to me, church. There's a disease that's going around the body of Christ that makes it okay to be lukewarm. That are, there are some today in the church that it's okay that they've gone a week and have told nobody about their God. It's been a week, and the last time they opened their Bible was when they were here last Sunday. It's been a week since you've talked to God, except for the things that you need. It's a disease in the body of God that we need to be careful of. Because, you know, here's what you've got to understand about deception. We talked last week about the enemy being the father of lies. And, and somebody came to me and, and they had a good word, but we, we then walked it out. He said, he said, do you realize that Satan's the father of lies? Because he told the first lie in the garden. And I said, you know what, it's actually, you're right, but only partially right. Yes, he told the first lie in the garden, but that wasn't the first lie that he told. The first lie that he told was when he told himself, I will ascend. I will do this. I will be greater than the Most High God. And then he told the lie to Eve. Listen to me for a moment. We, we have become purveyors of deception because we've allowed ourselves to be deceived. We've come to the place where we have an abnormal church. I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about the body of Christ. And yet we call it normal. We've gotten to the place where it's abnormal if we lay hands on the sick and see them recover. But Jesus calls that normal. We call it abnormal when somebody gets delivered. But being delivered is normal to the body of Christ. We call it abnormal when somebody gets demonstrative or outspoken in their worship. But in reality, that's normal. Once preached to a group of seminary students in Honduras and there was about 200 or so in the room and I remember the missionary telling me they've been in school all day long and, and, and we were ministering that night and so they gather and these guys have been in a hot room all day long learning about how to minister the gospel and they got in that room and they, the, the missionary told me now listen, listen when you, when you preach when you get up in front of them, don't stop in the middle of your message and say, take a moment and pray. He said, because they will. And 45 minutes later, they'll be done praying and you can go on with your message. He said, don't stop in the middle of your message and say, lift your hands and worship God. He said, because they will. They'll take that serious and they'll worship God for a long time. And I, I honestly thought he was exaggerating. In my own head, I thought, I'm going to come here and I'm going to do whatever God tells me to do. Besides, these guys are tired. We got in there and it come time to open the service and they all stood and the fella said, we're going to open the service, let's pray. The best way I can describe it, it's as if somebody had poured gasoline throughout the whole building and threw a match in. They exploded in prayer. Opening the service. And more than an hour later, they're ready to start worship. And I'm going to be honest with you. I thought, what am I doing here? Because if I got anything to say to them. We've come to the place where lukewarm is acceptable. Christians can go one week to the next and tell nobody about their God. 
and go all week long and the only thing they prayed about is what they need. They can go all week long and live like hell and think about all that the enemy belches up for them to consume and then come to church and blame their lack of worship on the worship leaders. I thank God for gifted musicians and I thank God for gifted singers. But I want to tell you something. They're not in charge of my worship. Tim had a tin can and a spoon. Becca just said peanut butter over and over again. You and I ought to be able to worship. Because I'm not worshiping the musicians or the singers. If you want the truth of the matter for just a moment, I'm not going to get down this road. If you want the truth of the matter for just a moment, what the worship team does is clears the atmosphere to release you to worship. That's what they do. They provide an atmosphere. We're living in a day when there's an, a disease in the body of Christ that, that, that stuff that Jesus preached isn't preached. Stuff that Jesus preached against is preached for. Things that Jesus never said, they say. I, I think when a man or a woman shares the gospel of Jesus Christ, I, I think you ought to be able to go and find it. And if they have to explain to you what it means so that you can see it, Jesus probably didn't say that. We live in a day that social media gives you all sorts of ideas on how to be blessed. You know, like and share this. Declare, declare decree. First couple of days of January was almost humorous if it wasn't so sad. Because I know that these people are caught up with the disease. I declare and decree that 2016 is going to be either prosperity. I'm going to, I'm going to be on top and not the bottom. I'm going to dec- why didn't Jesus just do that? When he was here, why didn't he just declare? From now on, no more problems. I declare it. I declare everybody's going to like you. I declare the favor of God over your life. Do I be believe in declaring and decreeing. I believe you declare everything the Holy Spirit puts on your heart to declare. And you decree everything that the Holy Spirit puts on your heart to decree. But if God isn't lined up with your declaration or your decree, you're simply blowing hot air. It has to come from the heart of God or it's just your word. The devil decreed and declared, I will ascend on a throne. I will do this and I will do that. God showed him what he thought about that idea. Oh, how thou art fallen, O Lucifer. Living in a time when people think that on on, on social media that you just copy and... Listen, I, I did a search. God does not have a Facebook page. So he doesn't know whether you liked it and shared it anyhow. Neither does Jesus or the Holy Spirit. You can like and share until you're green in the face. God doesn't have a Facebook account. He's got a book you ought to stick your face in, but he doesn't have a Facebook account. Amen. And with Jesus, when he's telling the select few on how to be blessed, he talks about one thing. You may think it's many, but it's one thing. Your attitude. So I ask you, how's your attitude? How is your attitude? What if I asked your friends and family, what's your attitude? Those people that you work with, what if we ask them about your attitude? Listen, listen, I, I, I know the Holy Spirit's on our face today. If you're visiting, I'm sorry, I'm not usually this mean. Okay, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just sharing. 
I have no choice but to share what he puts on my heart. You don't want what I got, okay? I, when I come up with stuff on my own, it ain't no good. It doesn't make any sense, and it's not even true. So I don't preach that stuff. We're living, we're living in a time, we're living in a nation. Listen to me for a moment, I'm not being political. We're living in a time and we're living in a nation that we will not solve our problems until we own our problems. There's a lot of rhetoric going around. I'm not making a political statement. This is a spiritual statement. I want to tell you something. Listen to me. I'm a believer that we ought to have secure borders. I'm a believer that our Constitution has given us rights. And those are not to be infringed upon. I'm a believer that we have to protect ourselves. I'm a believer in life, in liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But we've come to the place that we think all of our problems are because of the Muslims, or the blacks, or the whites, or the Hispanics, or our guns, or our taxes. And it's always easy to blame somebody else. If I could just fix all of those people, I'd be happy. When God says, if you want to be happy, fix you. We are where we are as a country because we voted this guy into office. And we voted these people into office. Or worse yet, we sat at home and didn't even vote. And this is what we get. And if we want to fix America, we won't fix it by making the black man or the Hispanic man or the Muslim man or the anti-gun man our enemy. We fix America by fixing our heart. How's your attitude? Jesus tells us how to be blessed. It's not blessed. Please don't ever read that. Say, blessed are the poor. It's not blessed. It's blessed. I don't even know what blessed is. The only time we say blessed is when we read this, Matthew chapter 5. It's the only time we say blessed. It's not blessed. It's blessed. I want to be blessed. I, how many, if you don't want to be blessed, I'm listen, there's probably better churches to go to. They're more entertaining. I, I, my wife and I are a suit pursuers of being blessed. I'm not talking about this selfish make me rich, make me happy, make me pretty. Blessed. Look at me. He's failing miserably. Okay? I'm not talking about that kind of blessed. I'm talking about blessed when your father smiles on you. You're blessed when you get done with your life and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Blessed isn't a lack of scars. Blessed is when you survived the fight that gave you the stars. That's blessed. So how do I be blessed? Jesus said, here's how you're blessed. If you're poor in spirit. Poor? When was the last time anybody talked about poor in church? I thought I was supposed to be rich. I thought I was supposed to always have everything. I thought I was supposed to walk in favor. I thought it was a resurrection of Tiny Tim tiptoe through the tulips with Jesus holding my hand. But Jesus says, listen, not everybody can take what I'm about to tell you. They're here because of what I've done for them and give them. But I got a real word for all of you. You want to be blessed? Be poor in spirit. Now, at first, we think, what does that mean? Here's what that means. It means there, there's two types of poor people. There, there are poor people who are poor because they're dumb and lazy. All right? And then there are people who, it may appear that they're poor, but they, they look poor because they're always giving away. And they've made choices. 
I can drive a 2016 Ford or I can drive a 1995 Dodge Caravan that still runs. The difference between the two is $350 a month payment. It's not that I'm poor. I got choices to make. My wife and I have choices to make. I'm not poor that we don't have a cable subscription that shows me every sign of debauchery and sin, that has somebody on hold 24 hours a day to answer my needs, that gives me a back rub. We don't have the whoopy doopy big this and that because we were poor. Jesus here is talking about a person who's poor because they keep giving it all away. Everywhere in nature, there is an in-go and an out-go. You, you drink water, it eventually comes out. You eat food, it eventually comes out. Some of you look at me funny. If you don't understand that, ask somebody later, okay? It's, it's, there's an there's, there's intake and an outtake. In nature that God created, the, the rain comes to the earth, but it doesn't just sit there. It soaks into the ground. It runs off to the stream. stream becomes a river, and the river goes into a lake or the ocean, and it's evaporated. It's back up, and, and, and there's, there's one large body of water that there's no, nothing flowing out of it. And it's not by coincidence that it's over there in God's chosen country of Israel. It's called the Dead Sea. It's there so that you and I understand something. If you become an individual who only takes in, but you never give out, you're really dead. And listen to me for a moment. If you're a member of the body of Christ, whether this is your church or or you partner with somebody else, let me tell you something. If you're not positioned, if you haven't positioned yourself to do some giving in that body, you're a dead individual, and this is a health alert. You, you, you and I need to get up in the morning and, and, and get rid of these stupid little prayers. God, just tell me get through the day. Help people to like me. Don't let them be mean to me. I want your favor. They're mean to me, God. Pitiful. You're an ambassador of the kingdom of God. And overnight, the enemy has invaded your territory. He's tried to reclaim. He's moved in. As an ambassador of God, it's, God, put me in front of somebody who needs you. Put me in front of somebody whose light is going dark, who's never had a light. Put me in front of somebody who needs your love, God. And when you take on that attitude, then when you're at the restaurant and the waitress doesn't treat you right, you just don't want, I want to talk to the manager. It's, I want to talk to you about my God. What's going on in your life that you're so miserable right now? Give me a Presbyterian amen or nothing else, folks. When you see you're an ambassador of Jesus Christ, you're, you're not there to be taken care of. Everywhere you go on the day of Pentecost, they each got their own flames so they can go and invade. When you go to work, you don't go there to be babied or placated or ministered to. You go there to invade. You go to Walmart. It's an alienation. You need to go there and invade. Where you go and buy your gas, where you go and buy your groceries, it's an invasion. You're an ambassador in a foreign country. And when you run into people, you... You, 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 you share with them. You, you're poor in spirit because you've been giving out of your spirit all the time. Is this making sense to anybody? You're just giving it out. And, and God says, listen, when I find somebody like that, I'm going to give them my whole kingdom. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. It's not this, God, give me more, give me more. Here's my cup, Lord. Fill it up, Lord. I did nothing with it last week, but here it is. A little got splashed out when when they said mean things to me, God. A little got splashed out when I got my feelings hurt. A little got splashed out when I wasn't shown favor. A little got splashed out when I wasn't shook hands with. But the poor in spirit are the ones that just give and give. 
they tapped into something. They know that, that you get because you give. Is this making sense to anybody? And that's the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Look this up in the original Greek. This isn't a mourning like poor pitiful me. This is a mourning of somebody who's taken on the burden for another human being. When was the last time God pricked your heart over the struggles of another person? When was the last time? Listen, I'm not beating you up. That Holy Spirit doesn't do that. But he chastens them whom he loves. He prunes so that there's more fruit. When was the last time you hit your knee for somebody else's needs? It's too easy to just type out on Facebook. I'll pray for you. Answer the text. I'll be praying for you. And think you're done. When was the last time your heart was broke for somebody? When was the last time you left this gathering on Sunday morning with a burden for somebody? Blessed. How many want to be blessed? Get poor, mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the meek. Meek. Not weak, meek. I saw a short video this week of somebody posted something on Facebook just, just turned my stomach. Only clicked and watched it because of the title of it, and I'm not going to name names, but it was two internationally famous preachers. And they were discussing on why they have a multi-million dollar personal jet. And how they have to have that because of who they are. And they had no problem saying that if Apostle Paul were alive today, he'd have the best jet out there. Really? The dude walked everywhere and spent most times in prisons, not the Holiday Inn. And one guy said, I, I get a, this is what he said. He said, I get on a, I go on a regular plane. He said, there's all those peoples and all those demons. He said, I just, I'm out of place there. serious and listen he's hearing voices I don't disagree that he's hearing voices he said while I was flying in my plane he said God said to me how do you like your plane I I like it I like it pretty well he said God said to me is that it God says what do you mean is that it he says why don't you ask me for bigger and better? Well, if you know anything about jets, probably what he spends in flying that thing in two or three days would fly him all year long. And, 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 and meekness... He said, yeah. All of a sudden, he said, the spirit of God hit me, and I got to looking around. He said, this thing's a piece of garbage. It's only a $7 million jet. Come on, people. He said, God wants better for me. Meekness? We've lost meekness in the body of Christ. I'm not holding myself up as an example, but I'll give, you, I'll give you an example of a preacher I talked to last night. somewhere and he prayed for somebody and God did something out in public and God did something profound in them and and they said to him, who are you? And he said, who I am doesn't matter. God give us people of God that who they are doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you know my name. Doesn't matter who gets the credit. It just doesn't matter. We've lost meekness. I I don't know about anybody else's experience, but but it seems like the more that God pours into me, the smaller I get. And if what's pouring into me is puffing me up, it's not of God. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I'm trying to stop. What were you hungry for this week? I know exactly what you were hungry for. I know everything. 
you know what you were hungry for because what did you pursue? Yesterday, the day before, Gail Beth had made chocolate chip cookies. Me and JJ like chocolate chip cookies. I know that's a surprise for some of you. And we were in the kitchen, and she was in the other room, and there, the chocolate chip cookies were on the counter. But they were in one of those packages or containers that they make noise opening. And our house is kind of small, and so... Us guys know. He said, Dad. I said, get ready to go in. I'll give you cover. He just nodded. He went for the package. I went, (coughs) 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 and he couldn't get the package open. I said, come on, man. how she picks up on this but she says what are you guys doing in there I said I'm coughing up a lung but I'm okay I'm okay I was okay because he got the cookies and the lid was closed okay I was okay then success we saw we went after we conquered No noisy lid is going to stop us. Listen to me for a moment. This week, quit lying to yourself. You and me and Billy Graham and Jesus all have the same number of hours this week. You went after what you were hungry for. The the secret, if you will, is not to change What you go after, it's to change what you hunger for. So ask God, create in me a clean heart. Listen to me for a moment. Listen, I'm I'm trying to wrap this up. Listen, in, in all of nature, everything has a way of releasing, releasing its its waste that it doesn't need. That's the way that God designed things. Everything in nature except your heart. When your heart gets full of waste, it pours it out on other people. When it get, Jesus put it this way. When your heart gets full, words form. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. When, 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 listen to me, when, when, when Trish is, is, is made aware, as our daycare director, when she's made aware there's a child in the center that might be sick, she, she takes a, a thermometer and, and does a check. You, you can look and you can think, but, but you gotta, you gotta know. You gotta know. I, I, I don't, I don't want to do temperatures in people. I've looked around. There's no hazmat suit here. And she just goes up with her hand and just checks the child's temperature. Here's how you check your heart. What's coming out of here? Listen to me. This is the deeper truth than I'm, I'm, I'm portraying the way I'm communicating it. Your heart can't fix itself. Listen to me. And you can't fix your heart. That's the one place where you have to go to God. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Because, see, the enemy, listen to me, the enemy has planted a seed in your heart, and you've allowed it to stay there. It's grown into something, and it comes out. And, And just like the seed was in Satan's heart, and it came out, and it poisoned Eve, your heart is poisoning people. It's poisoning relationships. It's poisoning your joy. It's poisoning your relationship with God. It's 
poisoning your marriage, your home, your family, your work. It's poisoning. It's poisoning because that's how your heart gets... It never gets rid of it. It multiplies it. It's an infection. That's why the Word of God that is truth, that's sharper than any two-edged sword. Are you listening to me? Don't listen with these ears. Listen with spiritual ears. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. You are struggling with a matter of your heart and you're trying to fix your heart. You can't fix your heart. You need to take your heart back to the original maker and let him renew your heart and renew your mind and give you a clean heart. He's the only one. Your heart and my heart is so black and deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? I can tell you who can know it. The God of heaven can know it, and he can fix it. And so the answer is not to try to change my habits. The answer is not to quit doing certain things. The answer is to get a clean heart. Your heart has been infected with deception and lies that makes you think you need that drug, or you need that pornography, or you need that affair, or you need that emotion, or you need that money, or you need that drama, or you need this, or you need that, or you need this. You only need Jesus is all that you need. It's in Him that you live and move and have your being. And you go to Him and you ask Him to change your heart. Because when you change your heart, you change the things your heart hungers for. Because I want to tell you this week, I know what you went after. You went after what you wanted. Just like I did. I spent every moment going after what I wanted. And I just got to believe Him to change my heart. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God. Wow. Blessed are the peacemakers. Stand to your feet, folks. That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.